promo in Redmond are the thong slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. Hi everybody out there, welcome back to Thong Slappers episode 6. Bit of a change today, uh, I've introduced the episode because Simon's as busy as Robertson Crusoe's wrist. So speaking first up, we've got somebody, a guest on, it's Lucy, she's part of the Thong Slappers as well, so uh, welcome aboard Lucy, how are you? Yeah, not so bad Adam, how are you? Good thanks, hey uh, we just decided to maybe do St Lucy, that's what we're going to call the session, St Lucy, I mean anybody that has to share a domicile with Simon, surely... Uh, <laughs> Must be a saint. That is the truth. Yeah, it's a bit torturous sometimes, but... <laughs> I'm hearing that. right? Well, um, obviously, you're the owner of the EH that Simo does some work on. You two guys work on together. Obviously, it's probably closer to the truth. Yeah, we kind of work on it together. Yeah, that's right. It's probably been laid up now for about 11 years. And yeah, no, that just was my dream car, my absolute love and involved in a car accident. So yeah, now we're working on it together just to try to get it back up on the road again to what it was ages ago. So fingers crossed, we don't Excellent. kill each other at the end of it. <laughs> oh, the start of it even. <laughs> hey, uh, my question is, how the heck did you end up owning an EH with fat flares, triple carburetors and a five-speed? Oh my God, probably a really good question. So I didn't really grow up, you know, with anybody that liked cars. You know, my dad wasn't into it. I don't even remember a car in the street uh, or anywhere that I lived that had a classic car, except for probably my four-year-old brother when he was just, you know, doing the charger sign. And But apart from that, no exposure whatsoever. I was just out one day and I was um, a very young art student and I was in the back of a girlfriend's mum's car and we were going to our art college and I've just gone, oh my my God, the poor woman, she nearly crashed the car. It was just, it was on. And I said to my girlfriend, man, what was that? Because she's like, you know, really into cars and stuff. And she said, EH. And I wrote it down and then <laughs> I got a money box that day. Excellent. That is, so I think that's very similar to what all of us said or done when we first seen EH. I think that's pretty common. It's just such a perfect shape, that car. It's and like I what think a kid, any... you know, a kid draws, isn't it? That big square yeah, sort is. of boxy wow. shape. Yeah, absolutely right. It definitely is. What are your, uh, well, I see what you're saying about being a car enthusiast just out on your own I reckon that's cool to be honest I've never heard somebody say that everybody else from the not everybody else most other people from the scene say yeah you know it's my brothers got me into car my dad my cousins whatever and that's actually a different story you're just straight up car enthusiast as soon as you've seen a good car so that's something different there for us oh yeah no definitely not without its trials you know and totally stick my hand up saying you've learned through lots of trial and error and absolutely tormenting a lot of people in the in the in the interim <laughs> so really you're just total utter novice beginning out with no one to talk to and back then no internet or anything so it was a bit of a hard journey and <laughs> definitely done some really dumb things along the way it's obviously still here and you're still enjoying it are you? Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to get a bit more with I didn't want it to be lip service and I didn't want it to be like sound like we're hunting PC. I mean anybody that knows us knows we don't hunt PC, but I really wanted to get a few more girls, women's and ladies involved in our thong slappers and involved in our scene. I think it's important to have input from everywhere and then and within a minute thirty of talking to you I've, I've heard something that I had never heard in the car scene about somebody just coming into cars on their own accord. So I think we might uh, try and use you a little bit or have you help us a little bit with some more content. <laughs> around the ladies and women. Okay, I'm not quite sure I'm going to be able to help anybody or you with car information, except if it's dumb stuff that I've learnt. But I, I don't know whether I really do the female sort of car scene any justice because I literally am just like some 
random girl that's just seen a car and then just gone, oh, I've got to have this. And then I've had mechanics work on it and then there's been fingerprints on the bonnet, silicone under the diffs and I've just had a Barney and gone, well, how hard can it be? I reckon I can do this. And so I'm definitely not very skilled, but give it a good go and I've learned stuff along the way. And I guess that's how we all do it, isn't it? No, good. That's absolutely true. I couldn't agree anymore. What are your three favourite wheels, like car wheels? Well, honey, as I call my car, she's got jellies, so <laughs> yep. I'm probably a bit biased there. I just, I love them. I love the shape. I just, I love the look. Um, I really, though, I love Centrelines, Auto Drag Satin. Amen. And yeah, I absolutely love them on, say, like a, a 57 or 56, and I love Well Drag Lights. Wow, <laughs> perfect. I couldn't agree anymore with M3. Maybe a set of Simmons is thrown in, Simmons is thrown in there as well, but definitely <laughs> yeah. some good picking. Yeah, there's, there's so many but you only allowed me to answer three but that yeah i could go on but definitely they're awesome as well well technically that's 12 wheels if you look at it isn't it yeah three sets <laughs> i guess <laughs> terrible okay so hey what do you what are a, a few inspirational favorite street cars for many time around the scene or stuff that you like anyway well like um you know we we're talking about before how i sort of came into the scene just sort of random saw something and it's like oh my god i love it i've got to get a money box and have one so i didn't really growing up i wouldn't sorry street machine I didn't know what street machine was or anything like that so I never grew up with something like man I want one of them or so-and-so's cars awesome but along the way with my dumb sort of mechanical efforts I did start buying street machine just to kind of try and learn stuff and sound like I knew actually what I was talking about when I was going to mechanics and so I really love Justin Gardner's EH and that was in street machine I think it might have been around about April 2011 yep made the car well yeah I love that I love the paint job it's just beautiful Beautiful. Um, I don't know. There was a purple one that featured in Street Machine such a long time ago, and I remember it was a lift-out poster, and I'd love to see that one again. It was ages ago. Maybe someone listening might know, but I tried to look it up, and I couldn't find anything. would have been before the internet, but, yeah, that one I used to have on my wall for a while. Yeah, right, we'll, have to, we'll, ch- we'll chase that one down. We'll throw that out as a question and maybe some of our readers can, can help us out. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, you know, yeah, I guess those those two I really loved, um, both the H's. Obviously yeah. got, a, got a love of the 64s. Yeah, they're the best. And I, I love, think... I absolutely love Chevys too, love 57s and 56s. I think they're just amazing. You know, I've had all the money in the world. I'd, um, you know, I'd get one. Definitely, I like 57, 55, 56, 57s. They are just the perfect. Car. Yeah, I love 350s too. <laughs> As you know, Simon and I are working on the car and, um, you know, I've got the old 179 to be put back in and we'll do it to a 192, but I really love, I really want to put a 350 in there. He's saying it's too expensive, but, you know, I think it's worth it, you know. So. I, think he's, I think he's being the wife, is he? <laughs> He is. He's a wife in the relationship. I'm like, oh, come on. What's a 350? We can do it. But, yeah, no, I know that's expensive, but, oh, that would be awesome. I'd love that. Is there such is there such thing in a relationship as an eternity chev? <laughs> like an eternity <laughs> ring, but you buy your partner an eternity chev? Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I did hear some. Uh, you've done some design around the safety in cars, more along the lines of brake lights and illuminated signs. Tell us a little bit about your plans for an illuminated sign in a car. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. That's a new project that I'm working um, on with my friends in India. Um, so, well, I'll give you a bit of a teaser about that one. So, you know, you've got some moron dude. He's driving up or her 
tailgating you and then just imagine this you've got like in the middle of the steering wheel like a, a, a sort of a keypad and you can just type a message and then like Vegas lights at the back windscreen <laughs> illuminated whatever you're thinking just comes up I just think that would be amazing you know sometimes you think oh my god like you're just tormented by someone's driving I'd, so. I'd put on that I'm naked in here and that's still tailgating me fairly quick but look that idea take my money here's my money <laughs> That's definitely a very good idea. Illuminated sign, you've got the keyboard, so you can just text on it, you know, you can take F off, mate, or, you know, something like that. Yeah, I'm going to have to kill you now that you know that idea. But, yeah, no, that's just a dumb thing I was talking about. Simon, it's not like, that oh my God, you know, you just get so frustrated with some drivers on the road. Another question we've had uh, coming here from actually more than one reader. We've had uh, this uh, email pop up quite a few times. So you might be able to help us answer this. We've got, oh, I'll read this one here. It's from... Okay. Uh, Nick Gary, it says, does Simo stick all his food up his nose? I mean, there's been great photos on our page. He's got a chip and a python. Well, um, he does know how to use a knife and fork. I can guarantee that, yeah. Okay, look, we're going to need, need some photos of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, the knife and fork of the snake going up his nose. Oh, I was asking about it. Oh, yeah, I was just, you know, as a mate, you know. <laughs> stick, stick a lot of food up your nose and it's just straight away just it oh no no that was just a chip and and a snake you know like a lolly snake and I'm, I'm going listen to yourself <laughs> yeah no i think there's some more photos there that you haven't seen <laughs> in uh five words or less i was going to say in five words or less but i might change that as to as many words as you want and okay. in, in, in some words describe your eh for us you can use as few or as least as you like okay um i just have to say the longest relationship ever yeah, I hope that doesn't offend Simo, but yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, the most amazing relationship. It's just, yeah, just a love affair of this beautiful EH and, and just wondering before it came into my hands, what happened to it and who owned it and just the history of it. And sorry, now I'm rambling, but yeah. No, you're not. Just, yeah, this is, this is the place for rambling. This is key tips. <laughs> That's, we, we, we cut a short story long. That's what we do here. <laughs> But yeah, no, I just, yeah, I just, I seriously love it. And I, when I bought it some 23 years ago and I was pretty young and I thought, oh, this will be a phase and I'll be grown up and married with children and everything and I'll be driving a bubble or whatever. Well, I'm still waiting. It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I've seen that. I, was, I spoke to Simon a few times about it before we bought it on his domestic list. And I, was, I kind of had a picture of it in my head. And then as soon as he posted a few photos and I've seen the flares and the, and the hole in red and stuff, I'm like, well, I'm on board straight away. Well, I am on board. <laughs> and I think it is fairly good. And it's fair, I, I can't say anything to do with me, but I really do think it's good that it's a hole in red. It is still a six-cylinder motor. I, I, I kind of do agree. Yeah. With I, I get it. It's got the flares. It's got the five-speed. You know, it's, it's a pretty good little thing. It's definitely not the fastest, like, it's not the fastest car, but, like, it can go from first to second pretty quickly, and sometimes, even after it was sort of serviced and worked on, it, it would just, like, rock it, and I remember back in the day, I don't know if you remember, you know, you'd always, driving around in, like, an old classic car, you would always get pulled up by the police. Did, did that ever happen to you? I don't know. If you no, know. I've, I've never been pulled up by the police, actually. I must look very suspicious. Please don't post a picture of me. Um, but no, that always happened to me. I think, oh, God, here we go. And then I'd open the door and I'd get out and the policeman would just look at me and they oh, yeah, no, don't worry, you can go. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> what do you want? Because I was a girl and that, and that's when I scratched off the tint. It took me hours to do that. I scratched <laughs> it off with just one of my mum's sewing razor blades. They were expecting to see Gary get out with an ACDC singlet on and thongs. 
yeah <laughs> and I got it out with a I don't know just a, a t-shirt and all five foot of me and some jeans and my Martian mellow lips smacker lipstick and yeah they've just gone you know don't worry about it lady <laughs> you can go. so we've seen some photos of Simon put up what's this dancing you do as a samba or have I got that wrong some sort of dancing you do Oh, samba, yeah, samba dancing. So that samba dancing is Brazilian, and it's um, it's samba no pay, which is samba of the feet. And, you know, I'm just really uncoordinated, so I decided that I'd do samba because you don't have to rely on a, or have a partner. So, okay. yeah, it suited me, so I thought, yeah. pretty. If that's the one, you know, where it's a little bit like Mardi Gras and girls are in the bikinis and the feathers and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, it's quite, it's quite amazing, the costumes. Yeah, well, with the costume, we had a few comments. Well, I certainly had a few comments from different people that say, wow, Simo's done well for himself. <laughs> but, but Lucy could do better. <laughs> oh, so, he's all uh, right. He's not too bad. Apart from sticking food up his nose, he's pretty good. I mean, that panel van he's got, I'd probably technically date him. He's <laughs> <laughs> scaring me. <laughs> you know, there comes a time, I suppose, you meet a guy with a panel van, you know, they haven't got a fairly bad reputation. <laughs> Yeah, he's got two of them. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> right, oh, gear driver, open pipes. What sounds better? Well, hmm, I don't know. I guess kind of both, but I like the sound of, I think, gear drive. Yeah. I think I do too. I think it's got more, with a good engine, it's got a bit more. Open pipes can be anything. They can just be somebody drop the pipes off and, and just layering around. But a gear drive, actually, I, I agree with that. That would have been my answer for that as well. Yeah, yeah. Both are good, you know. Like, I know Simo's got a few cars that you can open the pipes on and everything. And the neighbours usually. <laughs> I went over to the neighbour's house one day. Oh, no, I shouldn't be saying this. And um, I complained about something to them. And then the old bat, she, <laughs> she started saying, well, when, when your cars are started up, the mantelpiece starts shaking and the clock on the wall nearly comes off and everything. <laughs> so, yeah, we have to actually make sure that they're all closed off the pipes and everything. Cause, I, I, would have yeah. just said to, I would have just said to her, I've waited so <laughs> long to hear you say that. <laughs> it's justified everything I've been working towards. <laughs> yeah, fabulous work. Yeah, high yeah, five. Yeah, no, you got to try and keep them happy. <laughs> Oh, I don't have to. I've got great neighbours. Hey, um, well, we'd like to finish it up. Have you got any uh, interesting words or anything? No, no spanning, spinning yards for us? Or I may have mucked up. Oh, my God. I've probably, as I said in the intro, I've got like so many of those stories because starting off, I was a novice and after a few mechanics touching my car, I decided, man, how hard can this be? Honestly, seriously. Yeah, no, there was a one, there was one time. Okay, so everyone listening, this is way before the internet. It's maybe there are a couple of specialized sort of I don't know car shops you could go to, but there was no one. I knew no one, so I thought I just wanted to work on the engine, and I thought maybe I could tune up the carbies because it's got triples on it. And I thought, oh, how hard can that be? Seriously, everyone told me it was really hard, but I thought honestly, it can't be that hard. So off I went, and I bought my Haynes Carby book, and um. I remember I was in the garage and I was just tightening up a couple of the screws and everything and then I was reading it. It was really actually quite hard to understand um, about all the petrol being too lean and whatnot. And um, yeah, man, then I turned it off and then I turned it on and it was like it was just running down Willow Bank. It was like, it was was screaming and I thought, (laughs) God, like now I lose all credibility, I know, but I thought, okay, 
all right, this is pretty serious stuff. And so I had no idea how to fix it either. So I called the RACQ because I was with the RACQ at the time. And oh my God, I called them so many times with battery failures and everything. <laughs> and, and the guy came to the house and he's like, oh, cool car. He's an older guy. And I said, thanks. And said to me, oh, what seems to be the problem? And I just, I said, oh, I don't know what's happened. You just come to it this morning and I've turned it on and it's just going to the red line. It's just, it's just not running like it normally does and he's like no worries love just turn the key and so I've turned the key and he's just looked at me the thing's just like just screaming and <laughs> and then he's like what happened like seriously love what happened to the car and I'm like I, I honestly don't know anyway he's popped up the bonnet and he's he's looked and he's gone yeah nice and he's looked at me and he's gone so you didn't touch anything and I no no I didn't touch anything anyway he was so nice he spent time <laughs> on changing all the the idlers and getting it all working properly <laughs> and then as he was doing it he saw on the shelf in the garage the book carby book and i saw his Uh, eyes look at it and and then i looked at him and i'm like oh my god this is so embarrassing and he just looked at me and i looked at him and anyway he didn't say anything and he fixed it all up and and off he went he said i think that should work for you now love all all good maybe next time just take it somewhere so or hide the book Yeah, but you, but you're right though. Triples triples are fairly uh, tricky. My talent with triple carburetors is I can get them if it's running rough within half an hour. I can have it so it won't start. <laughs> it's called tuning it to a standstill. Yeah, no, I can do it now. Like after that drastic sort of totally understanding what I had done wrong, but I had no idea. But I actually like making it a little bit leaner. It sort of sounds. I know that's really bad for the car, but it just sounds better. No, not really. It's a Holden red. It'll, it'll run on liquid <laughs> liquid paper, or it'll run on a hundred percent octane Jack Daniels. It's a Holden red. That's what they do. <laughs> But yeah, seriously, I've got some absolutely stupid stories of some dumb stuff that I've done. And you know, you learn, but I had no one to talk to. I had no one. I just had a book. I just thought everyone who looked at it said they're really hard to tune. And I thought they can't be. They just can't be. But they were. (laughs) Yeah, they can be a a terrible thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, thanks very much for coming on and having a chat to us. It's something that we definitely want to encourage and get you to come back on and uh, help us out with some stuff. But, um, yeah, well, see, thank you very much. See what your listeners think first. Um, as I said, just a novice, but definite. Got real passion for it. So, you cool, know, I love think. what you guys do. So thanks for having me on the show. Awesome. And when you say, see what our listeners think, I don't care, both of them will be worried. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they've had a good laugh, so, <laughs> yeah. Right, thanks very much, St. Lucy. Take care. Okay, then. See you later, Adam. Bye. Adam, Adam, Adam. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I don't know if I want to go back and listen to that conversation. But can I just say one thing? You're still in the honeymoon period with Lucy, right? You know that old saying, someone who calls a spade a spade? Yes. Well, she calls a spade a f***. So just get ready for it. <laughs> no, she's awesome. She's good value. And I yeah, love her to death and she loves the cars. So it makes life so much easier. So, um, mate. Like I, I guess... said, you've done very well. She could do better, but you've done very well. <laughs> Thanks for the vote of confidence, there, mate. As you know, we're building Lucy's EH at the moment. And I have to, I'm sort of mocking it all up and I needed some headlights. And of course, I got rid of all my, you know, what are they, like seven inch seal beams? You know, like the, yep. the traditional style round headlight you get. I was at Super Cheap doing something else. And I thought, oh, I'll see if I can get just a couple of cheap headlights for the mock up. So obviously, eventually, I'll put in like H4s or something decent. So I thought, oh, I'll see if I can get a couple of cheap headlights. Mate, 
could not get those sort of seal beam single round headlights at super cheap. And when I asked the guy serving, he just looked at me like I was, you know, I'd come back from, you know, some some. What are you doing in here, past. old man? Yeah, and I thought, oh my god, like that's of course no one's no one uses those things. Like no cars have had them for a long time. I mean, I'm kind of even clinging to the fact that like the Iveco Aco trucks, you know, they probably still use <laughs> yeah. them, but they're probably the last thing that does. And I thought, you know what? I'm just I just got to get with the time. So I got onto eBay and bought some. So, but you know what I'm saying? Like shit's moving ahead, and it's up to us whether we just embrace it or just sort of keep what we're doing. I mean, look, it's like Hawaiian shirts. I used to work with the guys who wear Hawaiian shirts all the time, but then they came back into fashion, and he looked like he was ahead of the curve. So maybe <laughs> yeah. that's what will happen with us. That's yeah. like Wayfair, as you're old enough now to see them come and go in and out three times, but the Valiant headlights yeah. and stuff. I think I might have texted you last year or something when I was uh, doing that little restoration on that charger. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I couldn't get high beam to work, so I go and frig around in the cab then at the charger, and it honestly took me about a minute, 32 minutes, and then it hit me. Boom, dipper switch on the floor. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> when you can find it, on the yeah, floor. Yeah, it's on yeah. the floor, and I went, ah, oh, shit, I forgot about that, you know. So it's, it's yeah. ha- hands-free dipper switch, you know, head of the curve right there. Hey, useless bit of tidbit information for you as well. VG and VH Valiants, like your, the charger you're working on with the rectangular headlights, they're the same headlights as an LH Tirana. Really? So you know. Yeah, yeah. So all the Tirana heads are getting stung shitloads of money to buy these original, I don't even know what they'd have, like Lucas or something, Lucas Prince of Darkness. Just buy VG, VH Valiant headlights instead because no one wants them. They're really cheap. And there's a thing in the Valiant world called a, a, a Tavo, which is a tight-ass Valiant owner, and it is so true. You get them so much cheaper. So Sorry, mate. Sorry just no. to butt in there. No, not at all. I think it's, it's funny buying car parts for classic cars and stuff. Oh, sorry, classics. For old cars. <laughs> I, was, I was telling my cousin the other day, Maddie, Maddie Mig, you know, yeah. Mad, mad ranger. I said, you should buy this Monaro. It's 2002 Monaro. It's about 13 or 14 grand. I emailed a text to him and he writes back, fuck me, that's about the same price as a HK's bumper bar. <laughs> well, that's pretty much it. Yeah. 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 How things are going. You know, people are paying massive dollars for piles of shit. Like, a piece of shit is a piece of shit, regardless. You know, it's always going to need lots of money spent on it. I mean, unless it's like a Bugatti or something, you know, but... um. You've got to have the skills or the cash behind you to restore something, whether it's an HK Monaro that's rotten to the core or a Morris Marina. It's all going to take a lot of work. It kind of evens the playing field, levels the playing field when you buy something that's a total piece of shit, doesn't it? I yeah. guess it's just a matter of, you know, what you want more. So, yeah. That's right. We're kind of Tirana shopping for Hoggy at the moment, and that's the exact thing that we've come up to. Do you want to spend 30 grand on something that needs restoring? Or do you want to spend 60 or 70 grand on something that's been restored? Do you want to spend, you don't even bother with a GDR, oh, with an XU1 or an SLR yeah. 5000. Do you want yeah. a decent mock-up or do you want something that needs restored and it's got the right tags? And it's just a fucking nightmare, you know. It's yeah. It's actually funny you mention that. Like my best mate, Paul Harris, he has had, you know, quite a few cars over the years. He's drag raced and done all the rest of it. So he's a big 308 fan like you and Stryker 308s. He's building an HG Monaro at the moment. He's had the car for probably, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years. And he's been into it for about the last year and a half. He's finally sort of got into the resto. And it needs shitloads of work. Like, it's got rust everywhere. So he's, but, you know, he's having a crack and he's getting through. He's doing some amazing work on it too. But 
The thing is, it's a genuine 253HG GDS Monaro. And for the first oh. time in all the years I've known him, and we've been friends since, like, high school, he goes, I don't know if I want to drive this fucking thing. Like he said, I'm too scared that someone's going to steal it or someone's going to follow me home, see where I live with it. And it, and he's never been that sort of guy. Like, he yeah. would drive his cars rain, hail, and shine. He rev the absolute shit out of them, blow tyres off them all the time. Like, he's a sort oh, of... Right. He's a driver's... Yeah, no, mate. He's... Yeah. He's like a non-ranger version of you. <laughs> and he basically, you know, flogs the shit out of his cars. And to the point where he's actually going to buy an HKTG ute just as a bit of a thrasher. Because, you know, I think he's just thinking, oh, you know, as much as he's always wanted a Monaro, it's like his dream car was to have an HKTG. Now he's got one. He goes, oh, you know, I've probably got it 20 years too late. Like, I'm not prepared to thrash it around like I would. I mean, look. Knowing him, it'll still have a stout motor. It'll still, you know, obviously blaze the tyres, no problems. But I think what he would use it for, he's probably going to be a little reserved compared to what he used to be. And look, I understand that. I understand they're a valuable car and that money is now, you know, 20 years ago, people never gave a shit about resale value when they built a car. And I know now that it's a big issue and I should probably be a bit more conscious of that for the way I flog the shit out of my Tudor Valiance, but yeah, I guess it's just going to be a matter of what happens with time, but but like I said, to counteract that, he's building a, a ute so that he can flog around at the dirt drags and all that sort of stuff, because because of just Monaro being a Monaro, yeah. yeah my, my spin on the value of a car, and I did, he wouldn't, he won't mind me saying this, but Hoggy's obviously, this is, I told you the story about him having a sickie, honestly, and winning yeah. $1.9 million on a sickie. He won't bite me saying this. But, um, so we're talking about a 50 grand street car. <coughs> Excuse me, Simon. You're welcome. So we're talking about a 50 grand street car, quite a nice, you know, you get a VK, you get bits and pieces, all you can get. There was a $39,000 charger that I liked, you know, helping him look at something. Mm. I said to him, mate, you buy a 50 grand car, I could, you could, we're all the same, but you can daily drive it because you park in a car park. The brand new Hilux you park next to is worth $56,000. The brand new Prada or Mazda's SUV is worth you know, $47,000. So also a $50,000 streetcar, there's no, yeah. it's not as if you're buying something exotic for 300, 400K like a Lambo or some, a Porsche, you know. A That's ten- right. So just for guys at us level, not that anybody needs my fucking justification. Over the, you know, like I always say, when I get my HDT, I'll just be a driver. I'll drive the thing. Yeah. And I'll, I'll park it at work. It's my friend, Mr. LX, Pete Childs. How you going, Pete? He took his really nice LX with the supercar injection and stuff miles about three or four hundred k to a show and parked in a motel overnight i'm like yeah and i've never been able to sleep and he quite legitimately goes oh it'll just be insurance company's problem if it gets stolen yeah look that's a good attitude to have i hope in reality he still thinks the same thing but that's kind of the thing also with like street machine j challenge like as you know obviously street machine the drag challenge weekender is coming up uh in queensland over april 13 14 15 and you think of the dollars worth of cars these guys are driving, they're going to have to be parked somewhere, whether it be a motel or wherever. Like, that's kind of the thing. It's, it's a risk you have to take. But I think you just have to take a bit of a calculated risk where, with where you take it and what you do with it. And for me, you know, we're taking the Disturbia panel van on Drag Challenge that weekend. And at the end of the day, I just make it so the thing won't start to the point where I usually forget what I've done and I can't start the fucking thing. But also just chuck a car cover on it, just trying to do anything just to take off that that initial standout. But I think, look, at the end of the day, my panel van's pretty standard. Like, it's standard mechanically. It looks like it's not standard, but 
pretty much with an event like that, I just act as a designated decoy. Like the cops see me drive <laughs> past and it's like, oh, shit, shit, look at this wild bit of gear. When it's pretty much just a, like a sheep in wolf's clothing. So if I'm the designated decoy for all the actual cars that are really tough, if it means they can all slip by, then my job's done. I think with the parking at the motel and stuff on drag challenge, you couldn't find somewhere safer to park because there'll be some poor bastard out there all fucking night with the transmission in a thousand bits, some other dude trying to put a radiator out of a Kenworth truck in his car. I think from what I've seen on Drag Challenge Drag Week, the car parks are just the busiest place all night with everybody trying to fix their cars. (laughs) Yeah, really looking forward to Drag Challenge. That'll be good. People can come and see us. Yeah, say g'day. Sounds good. Hey, listen, are you feeling up for a bit of uh, Bible studies? Radio Street Machine Magazine, April 2018. Mate, I've got to say, I love that sound, that intro. I love it. <laughs> ba, ba, ba. <laughs> That's Steve Loder in his prem. Uh, that. I wasn't sure if it was when Lynchy was driving it or not, just the soundbite we got. Uh, that was that. So we've got to come up with a word for what Lynchy does. We've got to stop calling it driving. Yeah, just, yeah, I don't know, exhibitionist. Yeah, it's, it's above and beyond. It's excellent. Hey, just quickly speaking of that, you know what I was really surprised to see and what I really like the look of? In the previous issue of Street Machine, the um, March issue, there's a photo of Lynch's Corolla with its normal wheels on the back. It's got a big, deep set of uh, convos, convo pros. Did you see that? There's a photo of him on any Sunday. It must be like his daughter or something with him. And I've never seen Lynch's car with the normal proper, what would be the proper wheels on the back. And it looks tough as. Yeah, you'll you'll be impressed. Oh, it's in the last one. It's not in this one. Yeah, no, sorry, it's in the March issue, not yeah. April, but you know how I like to go backwards and forwards all the time, so. Rig of the Month, hit me with it. Rig of the Month, April 2018. Rig of the Month, Richard Hatton's VJ Tarana. Story by Simon Major in the photo. Valiant, Charger. Yep, and the photo's That's what fine. Jordan least. Yeah, it's uh, definitely Rig of the Month for me. It's it's a bit of a cliche almost. It's a purple Valiant. I mean, Ted Bullpit would just splinter. <laughs> Don't park that on my grass. But it's a, it's a purple valiant, and if you've seen the engine, it's gold painted. Yeah, I love how the he's done the K-frame matching colour as well. I really yeah. like that combo. It's something totally different for the valiant world, yeah. There's been a couple of charges in there lately. What I liked about this one, it's just a 265 with a four-barrel. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm thinking just, and it's got a drop tank. You had me a drop tank. It's very unique, the car, because it's not built with big components. And who's the gentleman with the, the blue Escort panel van that won a lot of awards? Oh, um, I can picture it. One like, oh shit. Yeah. Van Nats winner like three or four or five years in a row. Yeah, the thing that stuck. My out apologies. With, I can I can picture it. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that stuck out with that car is the same with this car. It's not always about the big components. That that yeah. that Escort has basically got a very modest componentry list, but just built to such a detail. And I think this charge is the same. It's got a two six five and it's got a four barrel carb. I mean, they look unreal with the triples and stuff. But for me, it's yeah. just such a cliche because it's purple with a gold engine. I mean. <laughs> what about hey, you've also got the Alvin purple style too with that with the purple charger as well I'm not sure what that is our awesome movie Alvin purple oh yeah oh, probably yeah, haven't seen yeah, yeah from a long time ago so yeah no look I, I definitely agree it's a, it's a great car that charger what's your uh, rig of the month cover mate look okay I've got an asterisk on this one because mainly because I've, I've got a lot of must be mentions that go with it so just bear with me um, Jeremy Cullen's LC Tirana, the cover car, with yeah. a Turbo 202. I mean, I love LCs. I love gold ones. 
And not only that, I love the colour, of course, like I said, and the engine bay is really neat and tidy in it, but it also takes out my action pick of the month. There's a photo of it ripping down the, you know, highway or whatever on page 38, and I love that photo. That's the action photo for me, but I must say, when I went to choose Poster Child, like I saw you sent me a photo the other day, and you've got the Poster Child of that red one tonner up on your wall. Yep. And I thought, oh, that's good. We're not going to choose the same one, because I'm going to choose Jeremy's LC as my poster child, too. But it's not on there. I'm kind of a bit surprised that that didn't make the poster. Look, I'm not. it's not in any way sour grapes, because, I mean, Kim Argent's XB Coupes are super tough cars, When I've got something I want to talk about on that one. But just that LC is such a great-looking car. And it looks like that action shot on page there to me, would have made a great poster, I think. Like, it had never come down. I'd probably go and contact it or laminate it or whatever. So that was kind of surprising, but it's, look, don't get me wrong, like I said, my panel van, I was the B-side to the poster for Henry Parry's FB, but I kind of always figured if a feature card was featured on the cover, it was always the poster too, but yeah. that was kind of surprising. But from that, I did actually choose Kim's XB to be my, my poster child. I like the look of it. I like the fact that he was relieved it wasn't a genuine GT, so even though it's done like a replica... He could choose it and paint it whatever the fuck he wanted. He didn't have to feel obligated to do anything. It matches numbing or restored, especially with the power plant too. I like the way he runs a, a Windsor in it, just for something different. But the thing I love the most about that XB Coupe is the fact that he's turned that, you know, the nostril bonnet kind of into a bit of a reverse cow. Yeah. Like, I like that. I just think it's a really nice trick, and that's sort of... I want to give that a bit of a special mention, mainly because you know, because of that factor. But Mr. Damage, many years ago, Leon Harris's XB van, which I always rave on about like I'm fucking possessed, he'd done something similar to that, not as a reverse cow, but he'd actually raged the, the scoop section to, you know, try... Okay, he tried terribly because it didn't exactly cover the tunnel round. I don't even think it got up to the carbies, but I like that whole idea, just to cut the skin and raise it up like that, just to do something different that still has that bit of a factory twist with the nostrils. Yeah, right, yeah. So, look, as far as that goes, uh, another little special mention I wanted to do was that WB1 tunner of Andy Fensum. Yep. I love the fact he's kept the commercial WB grill on it. Me too, mate. That's one of my notes. I agree. Me too. Yeah, look, normally, of course, they just do this WB Caprice front, or sometimes they'll actually put, like, an older front on them, like HZ or earlier, or even change the wiper panel and go HQ, whatever. But I like the fact he kept the WB commercial front with the rectangular headlights. The the old, earlier ones with the round headlights probably wouldn't be as cool, but I do like that about that. And another thing, I, I, I guess, if I can just mention at a special moment, John Kerr's... I think it's is it a Falcon Ute with a Mercury front? Yeah. He's got that awesome Mercury truck that tows around his red Mercury Comet, whatever it is. I just love reading that story, how he painted black in the backyard and hung everything from the, the clothesline. You know, look, that's just, you know, look, I guess I love the old school just have a go, your mug scenario yeah, exactly. that goes with that. And look, I've painted a few cars in my time. You know, in the early days, used to paint enamel, then went onto acrylic. And it's always been in the backyard. And I used to paint, I've actually, and I'll post photos of this as proof, I actually built a VG Valiant sedan years ago as a black and white cop car, and I painted that thing gloss black in the backyard using one of those vacuum cleaner guns like an Eager Beaver. <laughs> and, mate, it, I'll show you the photos, and it come up pretty good. And the thing that inspired me to do that was many years ago reading about a guy who won top paint at the 1984 Street Machine Nationals with a blue 240Z or a 260Z. 
I'll, I'll find some photos of the car. It didn't have a rear bumper and had like a nice front spoiler. He'd painted metallic blue using a vacuum cleaner spray gun. Yeah. And when it was featured in Street Machine, he talked about how he did it. And that's kind of just what I did with mine. The biggest problem I have painting the backyard, oh, my poor, look, RIP, my poor dog Trinity, I loved her to death. I was trying to paint the car black. And you know how you're trying to do a painting line, like go down like the entire side, like yep. trying to do the panels? She friggin' had explosive diarrhea right where I needed to stop, walk, like stop. halfway through, halfway through the paint job. And I'm like, fuck, because I've got this thing going off. I'm trying to get the paint on and all the rest of it. It's in the back lawn. I picked a beautiful day, and here she is with explosive diarrhea. So if I had to go out and get like race inside and get all these newspapers and stuff to put on the ground, like she's clicking dragged all the way down the lawn, <laughs> right where I had to, and I couldn't move the car. Like it was didn't have an engine in it, but right where I needed to walk to paint the car. She's just Tom slicked the whole grass. Um, and, hey. uh. So it is it is fraught with danger, but just my hat goes off to people who do that stuff. And I know these days, you know, your neighbours whinge and the EPA, and it makes it very difficult to just be like it's 1982 again and paint like your dad did in the backyard with the eager beaver. Look, I have graduated to a spray gun and compressor <laughs> since then, and the jobs are much better, more so much easier, because you're not wet rubbing through the orange peel you get with a vacuum cleaner gun. You'd have to start, you know, you'd do the paint job, quite a few layers, you rub it back with 600, then you go to kind of, you know, like, just keep going through the finer grades until you got to, say, 1,500, then you buff it and it come up mint. But, um... How about, yeah, so that uh, was... how about Chris Coy, our friend? He paints it, he taught himself to paint at home. He's oh, got that. Russell's son. <laughs> Russell's yeah. son. What's his green car, a Challenger? Yeah, it's yeah. like a 73 yeah. Challenger or something like that. He was yeah. told me, learning to paint's the easiest thing because you've got to fucking rub it back if you get it wrong and just keep going. He won best paint job at a, at a local car show against HQ for you. Wow. Yeah, but look, he does do really good work, Chris, and he's passionate about it, and he's the sort of guy who'll put the time and effort into it as well. You know, he just likes the pleasure of doing it himself, like he could say, you know. Still talking about painting, aren't we? <laughs> I hope so. Mate, did you have any special mentions or anything you want yeah, to Yeah, I've on got a, a car, special mention inside the front cover, so it'd be page one. There's a fuel, yeah. there's just an advertisement. It's a fuel can gadget thing for a motocross bike, you know, so it must be just one of their advertisers. And you have a look, it's got bits you add on to it. It's like a jerry can with this, that, and the other. It's got a vent. And have a look at the photo. I don't know who proofreads the photos. He's fucking missed the fuel hole. He's missed the fuel cap. He's standing, oh. He stands there for the photo. You're right, mate. We'll take a photo. He's got the, the delivery hose. He's missed the fucking fuel tank. They're <laughs> taking the photo. It looks like he's pouring it into the handlebar grip. <gasps> Fuck, he's got sharp eyes. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have even looked at that picture to start with. But you are, definitely. When you say you read this thing cover to cover, you aren't shitting anyone. I just thought you fully are on the money. So I think thanks to Ray Charles for doing the proofreading for fucking whatever that, that gizmo <laughs> is. But um, <laughs> yeah. great job, Ray. So just for the cover shot, I wanted to mention the cover shot. It's a GDR six-cylinder. Uh, it's the second Holden Red Motor that's been in there in six months. Did you realise it? Within no, six I months. Didn't. Well, you know yeah. the EH wagon. Oh, of course. Yeah, the blue one. Yeah, yeah I just. Yep. Didn't really click, but no, that's you're dead wrong. So when yeah. it turned up in the mail, I've ripped it open and I've sort of looked at the front cover. Fuck, is that holding six? Is that holding fucking? And just the way the photo is, you can see that big massive turbo. So I'm fucking ripping the pages and it's a holding six and I'm like justified. I'm like yes, but that front cover photo. Have a look at the bonnet hinge on the fucking thing. Man, that is yeah. that is a device right there. It's very busy. It's got all this other bits and pieces. I'm not sure what exactly it does, but it's, it definitely has got more moving parts than your average wheelie bar. But it looks excellent. I'm not, I mean, it looks absolutely unreal. 
But Are you talking the bonnet hinges? Yeah. They kind of look like almost like a Ring Brothers. Maybe they're a Bliss custom machine job, perhaps. Like the yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they're like pretty trick looking. Seven ninety three Caterpillar truck bonnet hinges. Shoot, it looks excellent. Not bad. It looks excellent, but it's busy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have never really taken any notice. I really need to get lessons from you on how to read magazines, hey. I guess because I always do them, I read like two pages at a time. You know, it takes me all month just to read it. Well, you, want, so. you want to send me a penthouse? I told you what a DFPB is. We probably can't say it here, but if those people know... No, uh, no. <laughs> Even my sensor button can't keep up with that one. Right, but um, so... I'm sure there's someone with a red beard at Street Machine that'll be receiving a, a bottle of whiskey from uh, Brian at Dummy Do because there's another six-cylinder on the cover. I remember this true story when Grunter was on the front cover. Remember Grunter? Yeah. yeah oh, how can I forget? For yeah. me, it just blew my mind to see. I've, I've told you the reasons before. I won't repeat myself why I like it so much. You know, I went down to the paper shop and I bought the People magazine, the brunette special, and I bought yeah, a yeah. packet of pork crackling. And I put it in a box and I put on the front of it to Telfo, Street Machine mag. <laughs> and I wrote... Thanks for putting Grunner on the cover, man. And I posted it to him. My dead set, you know, <laughs> pork crackling. So it might be up for another. He might be just actually wanting some more pork crackle, but a really great cover with a hole in red on it. Very, very happy. And I know that that man, Plankton, uh, Plankman, I definitely send him a bottle of Dunny Dew Firewater. Yeah, yes, the best like, he can make. Yeah, floor varnish yeah. with dot three brakes. But that's my, uh, <laughs> that's my front cover. Can I just tell you about some words that I like in the magazine? Sure thing. I just, you know, so right, so... Uh, in Snapshot, obviously you done, what was the gentleman's name? Uh, Eric Johnson. Yeah. yeah top bloke. Yeah. Really nice bloke. We spent more time talking about crap than we did about his cars. Really nice guy. I really enjoyed doing those. Well, yeah. I'm not going to ruin it, but I'd really like people to read the number two that you wrote. Like this, sorry, <laughs> number two. <laughs> now I'd really like people to write, uh, to read number two Snapshot and just read them, what is it, about 150 words that describes what happened in that, in that little section. Oh, when he built his hot rod, yeah. Just how he built it with the magazine stuff, mate. That is great. That thing could have been a feature. Just that little 200 words could have been blown out to 1,200 words and would have been excellent, but I really enjoyed Well done. I really enjoyed that little... Oh, cheers to that, yeah. other one is Arby's Urban Warfare. Yeah. And I'm I'm not going to read the whole article. I'm going to quote these words. This is word poured for me. Listen to what he wrote. You ready? 355 cubic Holden motor. It's running at cum crank with a solid roller cam. Yellow Terror. Dash three heads, custom intake. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like your dream engine right there. I just love reading it. It was, it was, it was, it was like <laughs> seeing something rang as drink free or something, a wet T-shirt for all drink free. It was, it was really good. Okay, the tough shot for me, the best photo, the photo I enjoyed the most on page yeah. 132, and it's by Grant Stevens, and it's LC763 getting pants. Oh, yep, yep. Okay. okay. Yep, I know the car. I know the picture. Right, so, uh, what's your readers ride, Cobber? Reader's Ride for me, okay, again, I know I always do a two-part series with everything, but the Reader's Ride for me is Greg Buckley's Sandman station wagon, right? And look, I don't give a fuck whether people go, oh, it's a station wagon, never be a Sandman. We aren't talking HQ to HZ here, we're talking VF Commodore, so it can be a wagon if they want to do a Sandman, good on Holden for at least doing something to hark back to their youth before it closed down. Well, that's a totally different issue. Now, the thing I love about Greg's Sandman station wagon is the fact that it's done with the HDD kit. And it looks tough as. I think it looks tough in black with that kit and also the stripes. But on top of that, it kind of harks back to... Remember I said to you my dream VF HSV project was to get an HSV VF ute 
and put the Holden by Design canopy on it. So you'd all basically have an HSV. It kind of, to me, it's the closest thing I've ever seen to that, where it would just looks badass. And, you know, if you filled in the side windows of that wagon and made a delivery, it looks super cool, yeah. you know? And I think, I think, yeah, it'd be a great thing to do. But on top of that, I just, I just think it looks tough. I'd love that as a family driver. I always love the look of the VF wagons. I think they're a great car. And even the VEs, I thought they were cool. But um, the side of that would be... Oh, shit. I think I've got the names wrong. Sorry. Greg Buckley's Sandman I really liked. Troy Gomisell. He was the guy with the VF Sandman wagon. So my apologies to those guys. Yeah, well, I'm not going to go back and record it. I can't remember what the fuck I just said. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to leave it as it is. And I'll just, Hang on. Let me just do an asterisk. Oh. There we go. Got it. Greg Buckley's HZ Sandman and Troy Gomisell's VF Sandman, my two readers, Rockets. How about you, mate? Uh, my readers, Riot, is definitely... I've got to stop saying definitely. It's positively. My readers, Riot, is positively Ben Cruz, one-tonner. Okay. For my Matt cool. number plate. It's just built with so much spirit. He, his mate passed away, and he finished it. Yeah. It's got a big block yeah. in it, which... Arr, arr, you know, It's got a big block, and it's, re- it's on page 142, and it's really built with the spirit of mateship and stuff, and... Excellent, excellent job, fellas. And to get in a street machine, good on you, mate. Yeah, it does look cool, that thing. Did you have any other, like, um, action shots of the magazine you wanted to chat about? I did. I just... I've just got heaps because I can't help myself. No, I didn't pick any other action shots. Actually, that's all. I've just got one more piece to do, and then I'll give it to you. I might just do my stage right piece. Yeah, sure. Go I'll for it, and then I'll, 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 I'll finish up my action shots, mate, right because on. I've done enough for both of us and then some. Stage right, written by Bob Coxmel. Lots of cool, lots of cool stuff in Bob's column this month. Let me read. <laughs> let me read this quote. This is from Bob. Last okay. last week, while I was on the roller coaster at Disneyland, I nearly lost my Coca-Cola yo-yo out of my pocket, but I managed to keep it. But I spilt my Sunny Boy ice block on my Ghostbuster T-shirt. Fuck Bob, you're so cool, mate. That's so that's yeah, that's me done. What he... So I don't need to, I don't need to read that column now. You just summed it up for me. Yeah, well that's basically yeah, Bob hitting every cool retro word that it possibly has in his soul. <laughs> okay, we better move on from that really quickly. I'm just gonna smash out my action photos. Like I said, there's enough for both of us. Now the Leadfoot Festival dubbed Peak Oil, uh, that story from over in New Zealand where they do that festival, they do all those uh, hill climbs and sprints up that guy's driveway. Yep. Fuck, I wish I had a driveway like that. Can I just say that? Now, um, Ian Kelly did this story, and I love the part about how he took his old man over there and surprised him. I thought that yeah, top marks yeah. for that, Ian. I really dig that sort of stuff. Mate, page 56, there's like, I don't know if it's a man, like an MAN or a Scania truck smoking the tyres. Like, it looks like one of those circuit race isn't trucks it? it's smoking the tyres up the driveway. Isn't it? Like, what page is it? 56. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 Um, moving on from that, page 70, the double shot of Mark Swartz's Handful HQ. He's racing that cut-sick white Tirana, both just smoking the tyres like um, you know, off-street drag type thing. Sorry, mate, I don't actually know the owner's name of cut-sick, but that's a cool car I, as well, the white Tirana. Actually, that photo was the one that Brett Car 35 sent me through as his pick too. He picked oh, okay, that as nice. his, yeah, as he reckons. Yeah, it's just, like, Chris Thurgood took that pick, and he obviously does fantastic work. And, mate, just that photo, that double page spread just screams at me off the page. That entire actual feature yeah. of um, Power yeah. Cruise down there is loaded loaded with great photos. Actually, just quickly, Mark Schwartz is actually building an HQ stretch limo at the moment, and it's being painted the same as handful as the, the Monaro, which would be cool. Page 72, if Grunter was an HQ sedan, it would be the, the HQ at the bottom of the page running 1410s all round and dropped on its guts. 
And then on page 76, there's that high-speed Lynchy photo as well of him doing his thing. But, um, I guess to cover off as far as I really enjoyed the Grand National Roast Show story as well, that's also on my to-do list. And Boris's story, both maybe jealous and in awe at the same time, like I really enjoyed the photos and the work he's done with that. So that pretty much sums up the um, thing for me. Can I just say, look, I'm not going to try and go out in a limb and you know, create any controversy because I'm not Eminem. But there was a letter that was actually in this issue, and it just, I don't know, like, I read this issue, we've got power crews, we've got things like snapshots, we've got car features, we've got the Grand National Roads to show. And then there's a letter called Drag and Drop, okay, by a fellow called Dion complaining that Street Machine magazine is too much, like, focused on drags and burnouts. Like... It, look, I, I know. I think it just depends on what's happening at the time with events that are on for the time the magazine is being published. But you read this issue, it's got everything in it. It's got a friggin' hill climb up someone's driveway in New Zealand. It's got Power Cruise Tasmania where it's showing people in their streetcars giving them, and not just like blowing stuff, but you've got guys in their tough streetcars giving them the bickies because they can't get them out on the street and do that stuff anymore. I don't know. I think he's just focusing too much on certain issues or a certain time frame with what's popular. And I, I don't know. I think you just got to roll with the the you know ebb and flow of the car scene. And funnily, I mean, I don't know. Like his letter, it makes about as much sense to me as hopping out of the shower to take a piss. It just, <laughs> I think it's very. I think it's just a bit of a narrow point oh, no. of view. And I mean, just you know, seriously, I think the variety of the magazine is fantastic. And I mean, he says, oh, there's no hot rods and blah blah blah. But there is a street machine hot rod annual. You know, it's the quarterly magazine, which all the and that's just a hardcore hot rod magazine with a lot of good stuff. Uh, so, I get a bit of a take on that letter. I mean. The people that produce Street Machine, they do it for a fucking job for a company that want to make money from it. If any of them, if any, let's 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 be serious about it. If them people at Street Machine that work there for a job, their fucking necks on the line the same as yours and mine is. So it's their job. If his letter's correct and there's too much drag or there's too much, somebody sacked or it'll be. And you know what I what I'm trying to say is. People always pitch stuff. Why don't Street Machine do this? Why don't they do that? Don't worry about it because people have got their jobs on the line at that company the same as they do with the company I work at, the company you work at, the company we all work at. It's someone's fucking job, you fucking idiot. It's not like a Led Zeppelin album. Why did they put that song on here or something? Yeah. The other other thing is I've always wondered why Street Machine print them letters. It's something you do with – am I pronouncing this word right? Parity? Look, I think it's just the fact that they're not trying to hide anything. You know, if people are going to print stuff, they, they send it in for a reason. And I think it's just to show that they're open book about this sort of stuff. People are entitled to their opinions for it. So what I'd like. that's kind of my take on it. And, you know, hats off for them. They're not trying to hide the negativity. They just put it all out there and to see what else. Hey, it might spark other people thinking the same thing. And they're trying to give the readership what they want. And across the board spectrum, like the 95th percentile of people. But... Some of the stuff he mentions there, like drifting and all that, look, there are specialised magazines that do that, but you think of the X, Y, Y not, that gets a bit of coverage for drifting. Half the photos and power crews look like guys drifting. Yeah. Like, it's great stuff. I think the variety's there. And you just got to go, like I said, with the ebbs and flows of what's happening in the scene as events go on. Sure, around Christmas and summer nats, 
of course you're going to get a lot of burnout stuff with things like drag challenge mate i can't get enough of the drag challenge footage from and the uh magazine yeah, stuff like you said at the christmas issue mate you know you just were like a kidney candy store with all that so yeah i, I think it's they'd have uh, circulation meetings sales meetings budget meetings yeah it's, it's all know, above it, us yeah yeah that's what i mean i mean these guys have got fucking you know kpis and all that sort of crap so i never mm. worry about pitching too much why don't they do this one the if I was going to send Street Machine in a letter, I'd be more, and I have done it many times, I'd be more along the lines of, hey, this is a legacy magazine, it's great, here's my two bob. And I've been lucky enough, thanks, honestly, to Telfo, yeah. get a fair bit of stuff printed, mate, and it feels it feels good, you know, just some, some piss takes or some serious stuff and some bits and pieces. So contribute to your magazine, send us some photos, send us some letters, send them a thank you. Buy a subscription. Like I say, I owe nothing to Street Machine. I don't work for them. I never have. I've never got a cent off them. I've never, I've never earned a cent off them. That's why I've never got a cent. But I was saying, Chris Coit, he's the president of his car club, and I'm saying subscribe to a yeah. few different magazines, three or four, 50 bucks, which is the same amount that a car club will spend on junk food at their, at their weekly meeting anyway. So yeah, buy yeah. That's 50 bucks. four magazines, that's 50 bucks, and then start keeping them as a journal. Like I said, I'm not here to sell anyone for anything. I don't give a fuck, mate. I don't need anything off them. You can say any any car magazine that you know would be worthy for that car club, really. It doesn't, yeah, I know what you're saying. So red. Great issue of Street Machine, April 2018. Oh, hang on. Before we go, we're going to do all of our thanks. We do. So thank you to our adult supervisors, Lucy and Deb, Jackie and Nick, Macker and Harry. And if you want to catch up with the Thong Slappers, you can catch us. Look, would you agree with me, Red, that Instagram is probably where all the action happens for us at the Thong Slappers? Yeah, definitely. Instagram is the best place because we, we can uh, reply to you. We have good conversations, good, some good photos, and, and we I enjoy it. And look, we do have a Facebook page, but to be honest, we don't do a lot on Facebook. We both kind of hate it, so we stick to Instagram more than anything else. Um, and also, you can, of course... If you're not into death by social media, you can always email us, thongslappers at optusnet.com.au. Don't forget about the uh, Thong Slappers 2018 Gen Y of the Year Award. Any nominations for that, whether you want to nominate yourself or someone else for that matter. Uh, and also, hashtag moot, mates of original Thong Slappers. So nice to know we've got a few moots around, a few mates as well. We certainly have. But just with my uh, credits, on, there's actually... Three Musketeers. Jackie's involved basically as our producer and our manager and our adult adult guidance. But yeah, I just wanted to definitely say a big thank you and more than just a thank you. You know, definitely we are grateful for everything she does. Imagine having to work with me and Simon, Simon and I. Well, pretty, pretty much. Work. Look, at the, <laughs> at the end of the day, we give her a pile of shit we attempted to edit. <laughs> And she does the best with what we give her, so a big kudos to Jack. We appreciate her help for sure. So. Also, another guy that I'm going to have to disclaim but say thank you to, Simon Telford. He's very good to us, just friendly, helpful guy. Like I say, I don't know them guys any, they don't owe me anything, but I'm just thanking a friend for his help. That's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, he does. He, you know, it's, it's fantastic. They are, are more than happy to spread the thong slappers word, especially on Instagram, and um, we appreciate that and the fact that you know, they like us talking about the magazine, whether it be good or bad, and are more than happy for us to check out their photos too when we find them on Google and use them. But we do, at least we leave the street machine, you know, the watermark on there. So um, that's probably helps too. We aren't, you know, total assholes, that's for sure. No, and uh, uh, two more for me. There's just a shout-out and a thank you and a well done to Mitch Lee, the editor of ADB Magazine. It was the most gutsy yeah. editorial that I've read from an editor, editor nearly ever. 
well done, Mitch. I am reading it, and we do appreciate it. That's some real shit what he wrote. And just for people like me who didn't know actually what ADB was, Australian Dirt Bike Magazine. Yep, that's the one. Yep, cool, yeah. cool. Because I'm, I have the only thing I know about two wheels is BMX. Uh, so yeah, definitely. No, that's good. I'll have to actually. I'll be look. I know nothing about dirt bikes or motorbikes in general. Um, I just know I can fall off them really easily, but. I would be interested just to read that just from an interest point of view, so I'll have to grab a copy yep. of that and check out the editorial. You know, if, you, if you're giving it the kudos, I know it must be a good thing. It's ballsy, man. It's it's ballsy. Uh, my yeah, la- my last you. thank you is to you, Simon, as usual. Well, thank you, and thank you, Redmond. We uh, appreciate all the, the, the support we get from people out there, and um, now I'm just sounding like I'm giving some Jesus sermon, <laughs> so I think at that night we might let it go. Good night. <laughs> Good night. See you, mate. Thank you.